0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of C, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you've been having a great week. I've been having a great week. I'm always super excited on Wednesdays because that means that tomorrow is the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday Virtual hang i absolutely love these it is always super fun i have put the link to tomorrow's chat which will be at 8 p.m eastern standard time in the description of this podcast so go check it out come and hang out with some of the vox and hops alumni other vox and hops heads some of my closest friends show up now and then and i love when that happens and uh, myself for a craft beer and a good chat and some laughs because uh that is something that we all need right now during these crazy times on today's episode, I'm with Ricky Emilielist, the vocalist of Convent. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 139.
1: I warn you, what you are about to hear is very
0: disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Ricky Emilie List from Convent. I am super stoked to be with you. Uh, you are someone that I've met through Instagram. You seem to be a Vox and Hopshead, and then I saw that you were more than a Vox and Hopshead. You are a super talented, amazing death metal screamer for a band that just released a, an album on Napalm Records, which is amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed the record. Uh, how are you, and how are you doing? Well,
1: thank you. Um, so everything considered, I'm doing great. <laughs> um, band-wise, I think we've been so lucky uh, with this whole Corona uh, virus thing. Uh, as you mentioned, we released our d- debut album on the 24th of January, and we did our first uh, headlining tour in February around Northern Europe and, uh, and one gig in London. And the last show we played that was in oslo and i think the week after uh denmark went on lockdown wow yeah so we have just been so extremely lucky because um, we don't have any uh, shows planned in the near future we do have some shows planned for the summer they are probably gonna get canceled but we're not in front of like a major tour um with a lot of big investments uh in it so so yeah everything considered reef been so lucky
0: i have been speaking to a lot of people that uh, were either on tour or were just about to jump onto a tour and a lot of bands need to survive on their merchandise so you're lucky that, that you got out before that and you're lucky that uh, there's even discussions of from labels that are going to be pushing back releases so you got to tour the album you got to release the album and it's getting a lot of praise how do you feel about that
1: yeah, we are. We're completely blown away by uh, all the positive feedback that we've received. Um, it just keeps coming in, and yeah, it, we we did not expect that. I mean, we're still a band that when we finish a song, we talk about: is this actually a song? <laughs> Can it be defined <laughs> as a song? Uh, yeah. So for all the in the positive reviews, we're we're just. We're so happy and and blown away by, by it. Um, yeah, it's really incredible.
0: Fox and Hops is all about hanging out with metal people, talking about their lives, music and craft beer. Uh, today, I have a special beer. I like this beer. It is from my friends at Overhop Brewing Company. They were first located in Brazil, and they have relocated up here in Canada and in Toronto. Uh, much love to Patty and Tatiana for... Sending me some brews so that I can do some interviews from home. This is their black IPA. This is called Dark Hop. It clocks in at 7%. I'm stoked about it. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Tatiana. Everyone out there in Quebec, drink some overhop brews. They're about to uh, open their new brewery. And I'm super stoked to start tasting those brews uh, that are coming out of there. What do you have on your side? You mentioned that you panicked a little at the craft beer <laughs> store or at the... Other craft beer stores in Denmark, or is it is it like uh, a there commission?
1: are um, there are, but I think that they're all closed down now. Uh, some of them are doing like deliveries now, which is a really cool way of keeping you in business. I think. But I just went to like my regular uh, uh, grocery store, and I wanted to get some um, Mikela beer because I was like, okay, it's it's Denmark, and I really like Mikilla. I don't think I've ever had a bad beer from uh, from that brewery. Um, but they were so expensive. Um, so uh, instead, I bought everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. so what do
0: you got? What do you got? We'll, we'll, tell, we'll figure out what, what's the perfect beer for this moment. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I have uh, a New England IPA from Kissmeyer. And, yes, that's a great brewery, too. Yeah. yeah. And also from Kissmeyer, a fruit IPA. Mm. And also from Kissmeyer, a, seat, a session IPA. And okay. then from another brew house called Herzlöf Bröckhus, uh, I have an organic double IPA because I don't think I've ever had a double IPA uh, and it was on sale. So, okay, so
0: let's let's do let that. I, I, I have a warm spot for Kissmeyer. Mm? Uh, I have a friend that uh, brought me out some when I was... In Denmark last time at Copenhagen. Yeah. I had such a good time that night. We went to... Uh, I talk about it all the time on the podcast. Anytime I hear about Copenhagen and Denmark, I talk about it on the podcast, how I went to this tap room that was just so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called B-R-A-U-S, whatever. Yeah. Yes. And it's right around the corner from that tiny venue that we played, and it was just so much
1: fun. Yeah. I actually emailed you, um, I think, uh, a long time ago. Uh, I think when you were going on tour with, uh, with Origin... Uh, and I asked you if you wanted to interview uh, Jason and, and John Longstreth, And you did. And thank you. <laughs> and uh, yes. you recommended it in the email. Uh, so I went there and uh, had a lovely beer. But I haven't been back since because it's very expensive, <laughs> but also very good. So I'm saving up to go another time.
0: It's all about uh, taking the right things. Okay, so op- open uh, which one? We had the fruited IPA or the other IPA was a New England? I would do the New England. It's, it's a nice start.
1: Yeah, I'll start with that one. I can't okay, choose so myself so. so. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Ooh, this is good. Malty, a little um hop bite at the end. Really chocolatey. Uh caramel. This dark hop black IPA is absolutely delicious. Cheers to overhop. How is yours?
1: It's really, really good. It's really like fresh and crisp and um I um I prefer like lighter beers like Pilsner's and IPAs and lagers. Um Yeah, sorry to say, but not a big stout fan. You'll get there. Okay, fingers crossed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 to each their own. I I just love all beer.
1: Yeah, I I do want to move into, um, sort of try and move into darker territory. Uh, So I've been trying some like ruby ales and yeah, so slowly trying to get there. But um, yeah, I tried, uh, oh, what's it called? The Irish beer. Guinness. Guinness absolutely that was completely gone uh I tried it like a few years ago and I really did not like that (laughs) that's gonna take a long time for me to uh to be able to enjoy Guinness I think
0: Guinness is different from the stouts that are coming out now though Guinness is so creamy and thick and heavy but it's low in alcohol which is interesting yeah yeah I enjoy Guinness when I'm in Ireland and that's probably the only time that I ever order it okay <laughs> Fun funny story we, we went the one time I had a we wanted a proper pint when we played in Dublin on the last tour and we, we ended up going to we asked the local staff at the venue where should we go for a proper, proper pint they said go across the street right there across the the canal so we go there and we ended up in a it was a Slovakian dude that owned the bar because there was causal all over the place the Slovakian beer and here we are in Ireland in a Slovakian bar, drinking a proper pint of Guinness. It was. It didn't feel right, so I'm gonna have to try again next time.
1: Yeah, take try me again. back
0: to your first beer. Do you remember that?
1: Uh, I do not. It was probably when I was very very little and trying to taste my dad's beer or something. Um, but I do remember the first beer that I enjoyed um, because it took me a long time to 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 like beer. I. Um, I was like a drinks gal when I was a teenager, uh, for a long time, um, and I think it was in I was in high school and I was at a classmate's birthday party, and it was in the summertime. And it was really really hot, and they had this uh, beer keg, like and all. I had drank all the things that I brought with me at that time, but I was it was so hot and I was so thirsty, and so I just decided to like take a beer from the cold keg, and it was. It was so delicious, like ice cold in a, a steaming hot room. It was, it was really, really good. And then I was like, there's something about this.
0: Keg parties are fun parties. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I'd gone to more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How were you in high school? What kind of a kid were you? Oh my were God. You exuberant? Were you out there? Were you more of an introvert?
1: Um, I was, I just constantly felt so awkward. Um, but at the same time i i took drama classes because i wanted to go into acting so it was kind of a a mix between i think wanting to entertain but then again feeling very awkward having a lot of body issues i was i was very confused i think i was like oh we have exams <laughs> uh, yeah. in, in acting yeah yeah, yeah no just in, in general like all subjects um i think like focusing was a bit hard kind of still is um so yeah my grades weren't all that good but i really enjoyed like the language classes so i had english and uh french and spanish i really enjoyed that and I ended up working in languages, Um, so, but yeah, high school was, man, I wish I could go back and really tell myself that I shouldn't care so much about what other people think, you know, and stop, you know, stop being so, so insecure about my appearance because it doesn't matter and it's not that important so yeah i yeah high school was yeah it, w- it was stressful
0: <laughs> i have that the same experience that uh i wanted to be very popular but it was difficult yeah because i wasn't very cool <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe that i was just so self-conscious it was, it yeah. was it's brutal it's brutal mm. even like it's been 20 years since i graduated from high school and just recently a friend of mine put together like a a Facebook group and I'm seeing all these old pictures come out and seeing everything and I was like, and it still triggers some strange anxiety. It's really, yeah, it's nice to have everyone, a huge shout out to, to everyone that set this up uh, and being nice and asking my permission before posting certain pictures. <laughs> And, and apparently I'm the only one that has said, no, don't post those ones. <laughs> uh,
1: everybody else was those annoying, always good looking classmates. <laughs> or, no, no,
0: no. There, there's some embarrassing pictures. They're, they just don't care as much. Okay. <laughs> the internet doesn't forget. No,
1: no, it's brutal.
0: <laughs> I was always thankful that I went through my high school years with no Facebook.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, man. Could you imagine being a kid today? Oh my God, that, that it must be the most stressful thing ever, uh, to constantly. Everything,
0: everything is out there.
1: Yeah. Everything.
0: Yeah. Take me back to you when you're growing up as a child, what was the soundtrack of your youth? What did, uh, what music played in your house when you were not in control of the music? Mm.
1: So, uh, when I was very young, um, the most, most of, uh, the music that we listened to was, uh. Like Black Sabbath and um, Deep Purple, Boston, uh, Chicago, um, T-Rex, all that. Those are my dad's records. But I also remember my mom having this um, soft sell record uh, that we listened to a lot. And and an Ace of Base record that we loved, me and my sister. (laughs) So it was kind of a mix. But uh, I remember we had our record player. And every time we put on a record, it it felt so special because we found the little brush and we had to like uh like remove the dust very gently. Like we 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 knew even though we were very very young that this was something very precious that we needed to take care of. Um so I think somehow music from a very young age became something like yeah, precious or something that you need to take care of and something important. And later yeah, oh, I remember my first favorite song was Smoke on the Water. <laughs> I mean, can you... The riff. Yeah, can you imagine hearing that riff for the first time in your life? I was like, this is the best song ever. And my dad got me the, um, their album uh, Live in Japan. And uh, I, I spun that constantly <laughs> when I was young. Um, and then Spice Girls happened. In, like, 96 or something, and I was, I think, 10 years old or something. So I was, you know, completely the target group, the perfect target group for that band. You know, me and my girlfriend from school. Did
0: they spice up your life?
1: They did, indeed. (laughs) My life was very (laughs) spiced up at the moment.
0: Who who was your favorite Spice girl?
1: Uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was Scary Spice. Yeah, I think she had, like, some, she had some attitude and... She seemed like a really strong woman who could like kick ass and stuff like that. But, you know, we were dressing up as them, uh, me and my girlfriends, and I was always Emma because I had blonde hair and Mm -hmm. yeah, and we just had fun. You know, it was a game and they had all these things that you could collect like photos and stuff. Um, Yeah, so it was somehow it was more about it connecting us like my me and my friends Than it was about the music itself So it's more like a friendship thing I think And then in Was it 1999 Red Hot Chili Peppers released Californication And we had a radio in my, um, in my classroom And we would just listen to the radio And re- I remember the singles being played on the radio And I was like It was like listening to music for the first time i just i loved those songs and i had to go out and get that album and i think it was the first album that i owned that where i didn't want to skip one song i just loved all the songs they were just the vibe was so awesome and it was playful it was fun it was it was deep it was like emotional and i don't know it was just a perfect album and And it still means a lot to me to this day. Um, And then I became older. What did I listen to then? I think then I got introduced to Marilyn Manson. Uh, I saw the video to um, Disposable Teens. And I remember thinking, you know, coming from the whole Spice Girls vibe, (laughs) that, okay, this is... I should probably not like this because it's scary, it's dark, it's weird, Um, but there was something that just that that drew me into that. Like I was very curious about it. Like this this whole universe that he created um, and his music. Uh, And then I got into high school, and some of the guys from my class they had German. I had French uh and they were um uh they were analyzing amstein's songs mm. and uh so they played it cool teacher, yeah yeah, absolutely cool teacher um and they played it at a party that we were at we we were at uh the muta album, and at the party, I wasn't really paying attention to the music um but afterwards, like the two following days um the the riff to uh the song muta. It was just it was just stuck in my brain. Um, and then I asked on Monday, like one of the guys, like, what was that album that we were playing at the party? It was like, oh, it's this band called Rammstein. Like, do you want to borrow my CD? Because that's what you did back then, kids. <laughs> you borrowed each other's CDs. And I did. And I remember sitting in my sister's bedroom because she had a better uh, stereo than I did. And I put it on and I heard the album and I just fell in love. It was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. And I knew that I had to get out and buy this album for myself because I had to return it to my friend and couldn't hear it anymore. I I needed it in my life, absolutely. And from then on, I became the biggest Rammstein fan. Like, just trolling the internet for, uh, like, fan forums and just, yeah, buying a, a... Posters and like all their CDs. Like, well, they had three at that time. Um, yeah, and I had the uh, the Family Values DVD, uh, which I've seen so many times. And I had the uh, DVD with all their um, with all their uh, uh, music videos. And I just watched it again and again. Just found every interview I could online. You know, the internet wasn't that big around. What was it? Two thousand and two. <laughs> um, so yeah, just yeah, I became a complete Ramstein nerd.
0: I saw that Family Values tour it came through Montreal. It was probably one of the first shows that I ever went to go see. But Ramstein didn't play Montreal for some reason. I think they did an off day. Oh no! It was just Incubus. It was Orgy, Incubus, and Corn. I think that was it.
1: Not Ice Cube.
0: No, not even no. No, oh, there was wow. no rapper, no. Oh. And I remember being afraid, <laughs> very afraid, <laughs> but I liked it. I awesome. liked it very much. Uh, yeah. I'm, so it. I'm so
1: jealous. I'm so jealous you got to see the Family Values tour.
0: I wish I would have seen the real one, like the, the, the thing that went through the States. Yeah. The, yeah. We need more tours like that. Well, we need tours, A, <laughs> because we have nothing right now. Yeah. But we need more cool tours like that where we're... All the strong underground bands team up together and yeah. make something like an event that's cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Was Limp Biscuit playing when you saw them in Canada? I
0: did not see Limp Biscuit. No, they didn't play that show. I did see Limp Biscuit a few times after <laughs> that. I got down with the Nookie. Awesome. And,
1: uh, <laughs> I'm also jealous of that. I've never seen Limp Biscuit, and um, I, I have to. <laughs> I saw point. them last year. Wow. Where?
0: Montreal. They, they replaced Avenged Sevenfold at the heavy Montreal festival last year here in Montreal and they put on a crazy good show, but they waste a lot of time on stage. There, there's a, there's a lot more show than, than content. Okay. But Fred Durst is a good front man and he knows how to put on a good show. So I'll I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. (laughs) When when did you get the bug? You mentioned that you wanted to be on stage uh, performing theater. How did you end up performing death metal vocals instead?
1: yeah wow so actually after a few years after high school i actually i got into um to a to an acting school here in copenhagen i went to acting school for two years and realized that it probably wasn't for me anyway um and then i didn't really know what to do and then i was like okay i need something steady in my life so i started studying Took a bachelor's degree in um, communications and English. And um, so I'd been going to, uh, to metal concerts for many years at that time. And I remember, you know, when you first hear death metal vocals, like on a CD or a record, you're like, yeah, that sounds cool. But in my mind, I was like, yeah, it's, it sounds cool, but it's obviously auto tuned or something. Like, it's fake, yeah. Yeah, it's fake. Like a producer has done something to it to make it sound very evil. And then I remember going to my first death metal concerts and just being completely blown away by the singers.
0: What band was it?
1: I think maybe it was Ill Disposed. Um, they're a Danish band, so they play here, you know, fairly often. Um, and I was like, oh my God, he can actually do that live? I was completely blown away, and and so for many years I was I just been thinking about how do they do that? How on earth can you make those sounds just from your body? Uh, it doesn't make sense, and I was just so fascinated by that. And uh, I found out when I was about <clears throat> like in my mid twenties or something, one of my friends who sang in a Danish um, death metal band at that time. Uh, that he was giving lessons. Um, So I was thinking about it. Like, okay, maybe I should try it just to, like, to satisfy my curiosity. Um, To, like, try it with my own body and see, like, what is actually going on. Um, But I was very scared of it because it seemed like such an extreme thing to do. And, you know, being a woman didn't really seem like a feminine thing to do. So there was kind of... Kind of um like a a limit that I had to cross. And then we were at a concert together, me and my friend, and I ended up getting very drunk, and then I was like, Okay, I'm gonna i I'm gonna ask him. <laughs> and I went over and I and I asked him, like, can you can you teach me? And he just said, Yeah, can you show up on Thursday? I was like, Yeah, I'll see you Thursday And I was like, Oh my god, what did I just do? Um but I showed up On Thursday, and he was great. He just told me that I could just take all the time that I needed to like prepare and uh just do my thing, and it just became a really great like place to work. And so we just tried it, and I was like, okay, this is this is fun, like, this is actually great. Like, the feeling you get when you like, nail it. It's, it feels really great. And he said, like, if I wanted to, I could tell him to, like, turn his back to me if he didn't want, if I didn't want him to look at me. And that happened a few times. And it made it easier for me to sort of relax and, like, open up and, and, like, focus on doing it and not focus on how I look because I'm very, very ugly when I sing. And sometimes when there is a guy in the room, that sort of changes the energy and, I don't know, there's, uh, you know, being a girl, you just told that, you know, you should look pretty for the guys or whatever. Not that I care about that, but somehow it's still there in the back of my mind. Uh, So being able to just ask him, can you turn around? Because he can hear perfectly fine, like what I'm doing. And that that wasn't a problem, that really helped. That I was just able to like do my own thing and open up and yeah. So he gave me a really great and safe and fun working environment to just try and do it. And I didn't really have a plan uh, with it. I just wanted to try it to satisfy my curiosity. And then I think six months later, convent became a thing and I got asked if I wanted to join. And here you are. I tried that, 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 yeah. And that was really scary as well because, you know, standing up on a stage and singing in front of other people. That's still scary to me, Um, but, yeah, I did it, and here we are.
0: (laughs) Okay, you've stemmed many questions, (laughs) as everything you've just said. Hold on, one thing at a time. Have you taken your, from your theater classes, you get taught how to project your voice to breathe properly so that you can speak to an entire room of people. Have you taken some of that diaphragm, learned breathing and applied it in those lessons mm. was it was it an easy transition
1: well I've actually also taken some singing lessons before which was just like uh what's it called like clean singing you know jazz um
0: that lesser singing
1: pardon yeah 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 no, yeah no.
0: <laughs> 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 that you know more mortal singing <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I I think I had that incorporated in my body pretty well, but I think I used the techniques that I learned in my metal vocal uh, lessons more. And uh, on the side, I actually took some uh, some speaking lessons um, from a vocal coach who happened to be a former punk singer. So she knew everything about like using your vocals in like an an extreme way as well. So that was also a perfect match. Um, And she gave me some warm ups that I also use today and uh, that I wouldn't do without uh, really. So. So, yeah, because I thought, you know, I'm doing all these extreme things with my voice. It would be a stupid thing to damage it while just speaking. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're in a bar with, you know, loud music and
0: it's the worst thing, the worst thing. After a show, leaning over that merch table, saying "What size?" Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: when I've had a few a few beers, maybe a few craft beers, that, that's that's always my downfall. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely.
0: Uh, the second thing that the question that arose as you were speaking before was: Do you still feel that you look ugly while you scream?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah.
0: But absolutely. it's it's, that, it's such a powerful thing.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's great. I love it, and you know i don't I don't step up on stage to look good or to be attractive to the guys in the audience or whatever. I step up on stage to tell stories mm-hmm. and you can be ugly and tell stories. Um, but I, I, I. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you gotta get this out of your hand <laughs> it's 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 i think any guy that's in that room that sees you perform the way you perform is going to be into you <laughs> because of that not he's gonna think that's gonna be what he wants <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure that you know like angela from from arch Enemy, you know never looked unattractive when she was screaming <laughs>
1: No, that's true.
0: And I've seen pictures of you and you don't look any <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, uh, some pictures I try to not <laughs> upload <laughs> to my uh-
0: <laughs> cuz the internet never forgets. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you can find some pictures of me just looking like I have no neck and uh well, that's that. to get
0: the the, the airflow. The, the that's right. <laughs> that's
1: right.
0: <laughs> how do you? The third question that arose from uh, what you were saying before was: How do you manage being comfortable on stage? Now you you still feel nervous. What steps do you take to physically get yourself onto stage to fight that?
1: Um, I think that we've all reached a point now where we know that. It's just a matter of getting the first, I don't know, 30 seconds over with, and then you're into it and then you, uh, you remember how awesome it feels to perform live. Basically I just try to, re- to relax. Uh, cause that's, I think that that's my strongest technique mm-hmm. actually to, um, I have to be in a state where my body has to feel like it's almost falling asleep. Um. Because then I feel like I can open up more, like open my throat up and my mouth up and just, yeah, have a lot of, uh, what's it called?
0: Resonance. Mm-hmm. And focus and control on your breathing, which lets yeah. your technique work better. Yeah. Because if you're stressed, everything gets tense, right?
1: Yeah. And you can't breathe like, like,
0: exactly. yeah. yeah. Every time I play a big festival, that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's so easy to, um, to like, go up in your head and go, what if? Like, what if I forget the lyrics? But then I can remind myself, it doesn't matter. If I forget the lyrics, I just yell something. People can't hear it anyway. <laughs> it's
0: the beauty of our true vocals. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. A annoying question, but I have to ask you, is uh, I'm personally fed up of all of this garbage about being a, a female in metal, you guys are comprised of many females in metal. I'm tired of seeing it being like a, a selling point. I wanted you, everyone to just be on an equal plane. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: These like female package tours. I want it to all go. And I, I, it shouldn't be a selling point anymore.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've been, uh, we've been asked to do like girls' nights uh, at venues, and you know, yeah, trying to, I don't know, book tours with other uh, female bands just because they're female, and yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 tiresome. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen
0: it happen to my friends in The Agonist all the time, they get they get thrown into these tour packages that, and me looking at it from the outside. Doesn't make sense just because there's a female in the band and she sings clean sometimes and screams I I don't get it. I, I don't understand why The industry is still trying to play these cards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Also when Like we just did our tour and I can't re- remember which uh, venue uh, wrote this but but in the um, in the Facebook event it said like female fronted or f- all-female doom band something something and it's just annoying because like, are you here to look at females or are you here to listen to music? Um, and you know, I think it's a shame that, um, some promoters for some reason still think that the metal audience is only straight males. Mm -hmm. Um, like I I know so many women who listen to metal and I see so many women, uh, when we're playing concerts. And when I'm out as a guest to other concerts, um, yeah. Uh, so why why is it why are we still telling ourselves the story that it's only um, straight males who like metal music, or that metal music is only for straight males? Yeah, it's a bit weird. Let's change that.
0: It's over. Yes. Yeah, it's over. Keep, keep leading <laughs> the way. Girls are yeah. invited to the shows. You will not get groped. We will take care of you. Absolutely. I will not (laughs) grope you.
1: I swear. (laughs) Unless you
0: ask. (laughs) (laughs) One last question. Uh, What is your hangover cure?
1: Oh, my God. Um, I try to drink water as I'm drinking alcohol. I feel like that helps. Um, Yeah. Basically just water. I tend to always have like be an adult and buy chips in advance, uh, so that I don't have to go to the store for chips. But then when I eat them, I just feel sick.
0: (laughs) But you still do it every time. But I
1: still do it. Like, why do I still do it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you so, so much for sitting down with me, drinking a craft beer. Uh, It's been a long time coming. I was hoping to come back to Denmark so we could hang out. Yeah, Absolutely. Instead, we're doing it now, and we'll do it again then. Cheers.
1: Cheers. Can everyone Cheers. listen
0: to Convent.
1: Do it. <laughs> it's an <Cheers>. honor.
0: <laughs> hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Enrique is such a excellent, excellent, extreme vocalist. I absolutely loved my chat with her. I love how humble she is, and uh, I, I totally, totally love what convent is all about so if you do not know who convent is and you're just discovering them right now I highly suggest that you go check them out. I have put the the link to all of their pertinent social medias and where you can find their music in the description of this podcast. And you should go check it out because it's a they just released a, a freaking amazing record. I hope that you have a good rest of the week. I have one more episode coming at you this Friday. Don't forget tomorrow, Vox and Hops, Thursday Thursday, Virtual Hang. I want to see lots of your happy faces there. I've been loving these. But until then... Remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsheads.
1: Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman.